Lucas, question for you. If you had to pick a Premier League team to follow, who would you pick right now? Um, I don't really think I'd be able to pick one. Because no, you have to pick one right now. Go. At this very moment? At this very moment. I would choose the illustrious and world-renowned Wolverhampton Wolves after their toppling of the previous champions from last season. Somewhere Mel is screaming in joy when he hears this. <laughs> the ultimate bandwagon fan. The ultimate bandwagon. <laughs> well, like, that's interesting because that's how we're starting the pod today. Wolves is your team for this year, I As guess. a disclaimer, that is not who I would actually support. Well, you As I was made put a choice. on the spot. <laughs> you made a choice. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, make people happy. <laughs> 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 because we, we know 95% of our listener base are Wolves fans. We've done That's what the numbers say. We've done the research, done a deep dive on it. So, if you're thinking, Big Wolves podcast here, you're sitting there and thinking, "Wow, I'm not a Wolves fan." That just tells you how many Wolves fans we actually have that listen to the podcast. That's a great point, Luke. We're also uh, honestly, it's shocking at this point that we don't have all of Brighton listening to our podcast with how much we talk about them and how much we love Brighton. Because we do talk about them a fair amount. Because we are massive fans. We are of doing them. them an extreme amount of fan service. Yeah, <laughs> for well, sure. Like that was a fun little intro. I think, um, just so everybody knows, this week we are going to dive into um, who we think are the best teams, players, options going into game week eight. There's um, a lot of really, really fun fixtures that are going to be going on this weekend, which, as an Arsenal fan, for me, the city fixture is looming ahead. And I honestly don't know what I think going into this with all the injury concerns, all the different, like, I feel like both teams have been kind of up and down to start the year. So it, this feels like a heavyweight clash, but it's also like if it feels kind of like a heavyweight clash where both boxers have been like gone into the wilderness for like three years and they're coming back and we're not quite sure what part of, career, of their careers they're at, you know? Yeah, a, a good comparison. You know, let's say two famous boxers get canceled, <laughs> right? And this is three years following on. Where, you know, they're a little haggard. <laughs> they're, they're still working their way into shape. And it feels like City and Arsenal, while not being canceled, the metaphor of kind of working themselves into shape, not fully being who they are entirely when they're, yeah. you know, in their best form. But it's still going to be an enjoyable watch. I think that... No, it is. It's going to be fun. It should be up and down. I think that, personally, I think Erling Holland could have a huge match here. I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Right, and that's a fair a fair assessment from you. But I think Holland has been underperforming his numbers. I think City are still trying to figure out how to get him the ball in a you know repetitive way that they can that they can repeat over and over again. But at the same time, it's going to be difficult because it's Arsenal. So you know it it's going to be a very no, interesting we, watch. We know for sure. we know North London's going to absolutely run rampant. They're going. I I I personally. I know I said I don't know what to expect, but like deep down, I know Arsenal's gonna absolutely just smash them. Okay, no bias there whatsoever. No you biased. heard it from all the neutral of all neutrals here. <laughs> that that's a great way to describe me. The neutral of all neutrals. Yep. It is. I never have is. an opinion on anything. Um, just to kind of highlight that, right? Since September 16th, so over the last three game weeks, Holland has led the Premier League with an XG of 3.94. He has two goals, so he is vastly underperforming his XG when last season he vastly overperformed his XG. So the question is, 
It should meet in the middle at some point. Exactly. And, you know, I Arsenal is not going to be afraid to push up the pitch, to stretch themselves, and that's going to give City room to create. You know, with Alvarez, Foden, Doku's looking really good with the ball at his feet. He'll he'll probably start Grealish yeah. over Doku if I was I mean, what I guess. Doku is a super sub. I mean, he had a goal and an assist in the Champions League match. Looked mm-hmm. awesome. As so. did Alvarez. You know yeah. that that might be a really nice partnership for them there. But ultimately, I think looking at this, Holland is going to have chances. The question is, is he going to convert his chances? And if like I've said this, I said it last week. If he sees an early chance go in, then the floodgates are going to open. In my opinion, I mean, it's I don't just a know. matter. Arsenal's it's a matter of if they open. Like I mean, I, I think you could say that for almost any other match, but, like, Arsenal's, like, they're a lot more solid of a team than, like, playing a team like Bournemouth or Sheffield where it's going to open up to be 6-0. Like, I don't think that that's not a situation that's going to happen yeah. here. Over their last five fixtures, including their recent um, Champions League match against Lens, they have conceded a total of four goals. Right, and yeah, that's one of against, the lowest expected goals conceded. That's against PSV, Tottenham, where they conceded to Brentford, Bournemouth, and Linz, I believe is how you say it. Um, so, I mean, their their defensive record does look good. I think Arteta's kind of figured some stuff out at the back that they were struggling with big time. Um, whenever he was rotating people in and out, Timber was in, then he got injured. Gabriel was out of the squad for a while, but it looks like they've kind of figured that out a little bit. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of experimentation going on in the beginning of the year, and it's kind of solidified at this point. So that's a big matchup, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. I'm r- that's a great match to have as the last one of the weekend. It will where be. Where on yeah. Sunday it's just going to be sitting there. And there's really good matches on Sunday, too, besides the Arsenal City match. So that's going to be a great day yeah. of Premier League football. A lot of FPL managers are going to be moving away from City, I think, and Arsenal as well, too. Osaka's injury possibility. It looks yeah. like he'll be playing in the in this match, though, I think, against City, from what I've seen. He's been training. So he'll be playing. We'll see how long he stays on the pitch. Yeah. But it's going to be a fun match FPL-wise. I don't know what's going to happen. I could see a Holland hat trick, but I could also see Holland blanking. I could see Sokka going for a brace, Odegaard a brace, but it's just really hard to difficult, very hard to predict a really big matchup like this, in my opinion. You know, I I think if you're looking for an Arsenal asset in this match, I think Odegaard's the one to go for. As an FPL owner, form. I, he, yeah. he's in form right now. He had two goals last weekend. We know he's going to pull the strings for everything that goes on for Arsenal, especially against City. And the big question is, is can Arsenal control the ball and do what they want against City? Mm-hmm. And I think if they can, they're going to get goals out of this. And Odegaard for sure is going to be involved. He, there, there's he no will doubt be. in my head. Yeah. And as and he you could know, be on pins too. We we do have to mention that without Rodri, City are a very different side. They don't have the dynamic ability to connect play in which the way that he masterfully does. And he also disrupts a lot of what other teams do. Whenever mm-hmm. they counter press, try to push back up the pitch against City, he's amazing at breaking up play against other teams. So um that'll be a big one to watch and I think will directly impact Odegaard. So yep. that's it's definitely a good shout there. Um, how about we take a little break here, Paul? We'll come right back um, and we'll kind of dive into some of the matches this week, who we think are the best assets for those matches, um, and then just have some general Premier League talk. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. 
All right, everybody. Welcome back to Top Ends with Twins. And before we start this segment, I have a funny little story for everybody out there. That, yeah, um, it's hilarious. So there was, um, it was probably maybe like six months ago. It was a while ago. Um, I think towards the end of last Premier League season. And there was one time me and Luke were doing the podcast, which, by the way, we live with each other. We see each other all the time. So we get frustrated with each other sometimes. Like, it happens. We're, we're constantly with each other. Currently there. <laughs> And there was one day, I don't know why, but Luke was just pissing me off to, 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 to such an extent that I blatantly, like he was sitting there going on about something, and I just pulled out my phone and like scrolled Hinge in front of him, and he got so pissed, deservingly Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Deservingly so, but that's just a um, little glimpse behind the curtain of the podcast life of glimpse behind the curtain of being twins <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's what you're getting right there yeah i knew exactly how to bother him and he it, it set him off rightfully so, rightfully so you know rightfully so yes yeah. without a doubt <laughs> all right well let's um dive into some premier league talk luke because that's what we're here for we're not here to tell silly stories about both of about us paul no, no 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 about paul <laughs> no, this is not about both of us we both do this podcast Mm-hmm. All right, well, Luke, where where would you like to start? We're I'm just gonna have a general talk on this. I think the best place to start is going to be with Tottenham Hotspur. Yep, they are facing newly promoted side Luton Town, who managed to get their first three points yeah. in the Premier League. That you know they pulled out two one two nil win over Everton past week, mm-hmm. ended up losing to Burnley, which is going to hurt them, prob- which will hurt, you know, in their, you know, relegation fight eventually probably is what we would assume. But Spurs are going away to Luton. That is a very juicy fixture for all of us FPL managers oh, yeah. to target. Mm-hmm. I think there are going to be some specific ways a lot of people are trying to target it. And what I'm going to pass it over to you, Paul, because I have a little bit of an unorthodox way to try to target that. Do you have a specific way you're going to try to target this match? So I think that basically everybody that listens to this podcast is probably going to own one of at least Son and Madison. Right. And if you have one of them, I would totally recommend getting the other. Because it, it, it just seems like Spurs are going to score goals this year, so it's not even like we're taking a one-week punt on on Tottenham. Right, like exactly. We're, we're really not. Yeah. Like it, It's one of those things where we're going to see returns from them probably the whole rest of the year. And then, I mean, if you look at their fixtures too, like you're like I said, even if you're not, if you're not planning for it and you just want to target Luton, you're still going to hold on to them. Like if you would be planning, you would want to because it's right. Luton, Fulham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Wolves, Villa. And I mean, all those games looks like look like favorable mat- attacking matchups. I know Chelsea's mm-hmm. had like a better recent run of form defending wise, but like I still think that's fixture dependent and kind of like luck based. I'd say a little bit, right? And like having Son and Madison just feels like like Son in his current position. As long as he's playing a nine, he's gonna he's gonna be around goals. Like he's and and he has the ability. We've seen hat trick instantly. You know. Yeah, have we seen any update on his fitness? He was in. He was spotted in training. He was today. in training. Okay, yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah. So today, yeah. Um, just so everyone, October fifth, he was spotted in training today. Okay. So yeah, today he, Thursday. Yeah, that I hope he should be playing. And Postacoglu will be doing his press conference um, on Friday, so everyone keep an eye out for that. I'm sure. Hopefully, you know, gets a green arrow. It's ready to go, firing on all cylinders. That's what we want, right? We want all these players to be out there. Playing fully, especially the ones who, you know, are some 
viable captaincy options to replace Holland. Mm. Is that something that you might be considering, Paul? Would you uh, captain Son? I think if you're not going to captain Holland, Son may have the highest upside potential against Luton. Because, I mean, we saw, what was it, um, the 20-pointer he dropped against Burnley, and then he had a 14-pointer against Arsenal, too. So, And that's against Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. then he scored last week, too, against Liverpool, so... He's in good form. He's scoring goals. He's around chances created. He seems like he's he's a viable option, you know? I think so, too. Yeah, the underlying stats, you know, he he's performing really well. I mean, at this point, he has six goals in the league, right? Yeah. Um, he is significantly overperforming his expected goals, though. Mm-hmm. Um, according to understat.com, he is an XG of 3.53, and he has six goals. Yeah. So something to you know, keep an eye on, right? Because maybe he reverts to the mean a little bit, but those finishes, especially against Arsenal, they were clinical. They mm-hmm. were efficient, and they, they were brutal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, in, 100%. In essence, you could fill that the Emirates crowd just deflate every time, you know, on, on his oh, goal. Yeah. Right, that is just you know it's what we expect from Son because he is a world class player, he is elite of the elite, and this is what we expect. So playing as that nine, he's an amazing asset to have. Um, but to pivot a little bit, something that I'm considering doing is doubling up on Spurs defense with Yudogi and Pedro Poro. I already have both of them in my team, so I won't be making transfers to do this. But as a really risky move, I'm also considering captaining Pedro Porro. That's an interesting choice. It is. You have right? a lot riding on that. Um, so if we look at the underlying numbers for Spurs, right? Pedro Porro throughout the course of the season is fourth highest in expected assist, right? He's creating a lot of chances. He's in really good positions as well. You know, he, he passes the eye test. He's kind of inverting a little bit, but pushing up high up the pitch. Um, and the way Kuliseski plays, he drags so many defenders towards him yeah. that Poro's able to push into that little half space and occupy that. And against a side like Luton, where you know you could see some potential defensive breakdowns, like Luton struggled big time with Chelsea, right? And that's Chelsea. It's Chelsea, right? But Chelsea does have a little bit more of an intricate attack than say Everton or Burnley, right? And we know that Tottenham's attack is a lot more advanced than that, too, with how aggressive and the types Mm -hmm. of runs they're making. So my thought process is I think Pedro could be in great positions to, you know, possibly get an assist, possibly get a goal. And I would expect a clean sheet out of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit of a roll the dice. It Um, is risky. I I will, like, asterisk Luke's point right there that it's risky that if you have a double Spurs defense... I, I think Luton actually is actually a team that's very dangerous on corners, like with Morris. They he are, seems like he, yeah. he's just a huge body in there. It just And here's the thing. I will have Morris first on my bench. <laughs> so that, you know, it would be very FPL for that to happen to me. But yeah. uh, it's just an interesting thought. I'm kind of tossing that around. Odds are I'm going to captain Holland. But the one time Holland actually got a big result this season, I did not captain him. Mm-hmm. So... I'm kind of living in fear of that. What was that game week for? I think. Um, yep. So yeah, I don't know. Um, but so, any other thoughts on that match ball? 
Um, I just think it's, I don't want to say it's a mistake, but I think you're going to be missing out on a lot of returns if you at least don't have two Spurs players going into this match. Yeah. At, at bare minimum. Fair. Yeah. Bare minimum. So, um, um, like, I have a match I'd like to talk about next. Well, let's do it. There. What are you thinking? I think Liverpool Brighton is going to be a great attacking match for Liverpool. Yeah, I think that'll be the a great way. One too. The way that Brighton are conceding goals right now, like <laughs> you see them in Europa League, and then all this, like they've conceded. I think that's all a stat on Twitter that they've what scored like twenty three goals in the first run of the or their mm-hmm. first like fixtures, and then they've given up twenty. Yeah, the first so team since nineteen ninety nine to do that, yeah, which like, is crazy. Which is cra- it's just insane. I. So I think I'm a I'm a big bo- momentum fan, right? I see Brighton getting that one point away to Marseille as being a big boost to their confidence, frankly, because they were down two 0 fought back, equalize, get it back to two to two, equalize. Liverpool is coming off, you know, they'll be, they'll having being played in Europa League at the same the same day, of course, as Brighton, but I think. I just think there's going to be a lot of goals in this match. I'm not going to go out and say who I think is going to actually end up winning because it's going to be hard to predict from, you know, from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. But what FPL assets kind of pop off the page to you for this page, Paul? Um, number one for um, for Liverpool is easily Mo Salah, but we, we know the, the constraints around him with his price point and everything going on there. So it would be great to be able to bring him in. And I, at this point I would really like to, but it's just, it's just not feasible without, I think wild carding to bring him in my team. So I can't do that. Is so, wild carding something that you're not considering at this point? No, not yet. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to play all my chips yet, but um, so this is actually an interesting development that I just saw this, that, Mo Salah was subbed off right after halftime today. Yeah, it was just for rest, I believe. It was for rest. Was so it, that was means it an injury. It doesn't say anything about an injury. I'm just, um, yeah, they, they made three subs at half, basically. Yeah, I, I think it was just rest because it looked like Liverpool was, you know, beating them pretty thoroughly. Who were they playing today? I can't remember it's who it was. Union Saint Chalice. I, mm. I don't know okay. who that is. Yeah, but they won two nil today. Um, but the whole point is that um. I think that Diesh is a interesting shout for Liverpool right now. He is. And I think Nunez is as well. Yeah, Nunez also is one of the ones subbed off in the 46 minutes. So we'll probably see him on the weekend. And we know with Nunez that he always has that chance where he can sub in in a match where you're down to 10 men and he scores <laughs> two goals. Like he is, he has those flashy moments that really attract us as FPL managers. And then. You see a lot of blanks like last year. What happened? Like he way underperformed his XG. So there's <laughs> there's a lot did. of there's a lot yeah. of question marks with Liverpool's attack. But I just think that Brighton matchup is something that that's kind of hard to miss out on. And I mean, if you look at it too, I mean, you're also investing in these players. Like they play Brighton, Everton, Nottingham Forest, and then Luton and Brentford. Yeah, so, I mean that's, that's a, a good, good run of fixtures for an attacker. It's really good. Yeah, it's and just there's just a lot of rotation right now though with Liverpool. So and that's why the price point of Salah is justified. If we knew who the front three, which now we might have an idea. I think Diaz on the left, um, Nunez up top, and Salah on the right because Nunez didn't play because of an injury last week. You know, and that the week before as well, from what I understand. 
But I think when fully fit, I think it's that front three. And if we can know that, I think Nunez, if he starts converting more chances, as he has been throughout the course of the season and we know he's locked in, I think it's we're going to see a very popular front three of Nunez, Holland, and Alvarez. And mm-hmm. some people going with a front three of Nunez, Watkins, and Alvarez, thinking that that's going to be their way around. Yeah. Keeping Alvarez, you know, kind of hedges. keep It keeps you involved with City, but frees up so much cash that you can put Salah in, have Trippier, have Trent, have all of these other great assets that could haul for you in one week, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's interesting. But if we know the locked-on starters, then I think Salah is going to drop in popularity a little bit. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Also, I sorry to all the slaw owners out there. That was, that was a rough goal assist for them to lose out on over the weekend. Var. Yeah, uh, we uh, well, let's not even like dive. Let's into not that. beat a dead horse. I, I think everybody <laughs> everybody kind of is on the same page with that. It's yeah, it's horrendous. It it definitely is. Um, yeah. What what game, Luke? Are you? Um, would you like to talk about next from the um, weekend? So s- another fixture that I think is actually really interesting is Manchester United versus Brentford. Okay. Right? This match is going to be at Old Trafford. And Manchester United is reeling at the moment. They just lost to Galatasaray 3-2. to two, Or was it? It ended up being 4-2. to two. It was 3-2. to two. It was 3-2. Yeah. I was thinking the penalty went in for some reason um, by Icardi. <laughs> but... He redeemed himself. 3-2 to two loss at home. The Champions League is a huge loss for them when you look at all the other fixtures that they've lost mm-hmm. back to back to back. Right. So when I see this, you think that Manchester United is going to struggle, but Brentford is also struggling as well. So I yes, think we will see an explosive performance from either Manchester United FPL assets or Brentford assets. And because of the way my team is set up, I will be hoping that it's Brentford and Mbomo. It's weird because the first two game weeks, Mbomo was great. Wissa looked really good. Brentford looked like Brentford. And people have kind of figured them out a little bit, so it'll be interesting to see how Thomas Frank tries to adapt to that. Um, so definitely a match that I would keep an eye on. Um, and then, honestly, I think West Ham and Newcastle are going to be a lot yes. of fun. I mm-hmm. am very excited for that um, from an FPL perspective because I think James Ward-Prowse... I brought him into my team. He's been playing really well. He led the league in um, XA last week. Didn't get an assist. Didn't get that England call up, though. He did not, which is interesting because he's been crazy. playing so well, right? Gareth Southgate's selection. I don't, is, I don't know what this man's doing. I don't know. A lot of English fans are not big fans. Yeah. But nevertheless, I think that matchup between West Ham and Newcastle is going to be great. Newcastle coming off a huge, huge victory against PSG um, with their two boyhood idols returning big time for them and burn and then also in log staff. But really I just, I'm very intrigued to watch that. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Newcastle is able to bounce back from that emotional, emotionally draining event mm-hmm. against PSG. Um, so just keep an eye on that. And I do expect Jared Bowen to stay in form because yes. he has looked so good for West Ham. 100% agree. So I think yeah. there's two FPL assets that I'm really intrigued in that, may come into my team this week in, in this matchup and the first one is who you said jared bowen who i am a huge fan of like i i think 
I, he's probably going to be in my team for a lot of the year. He was in earlier. He had to come out for some transfers I had to make. But he'll be back in and probably be a mainstay in my team for the rest of the year. And also, I think the Miggy Almiron. He has come back into form three goals in three games. Newcastle scoring goals everywhere. And he seems like he may lock down that spot on the right wing. It he like there's just something about Almiron. Sometimes like he just scores like these crazy goals. And it was last year was the conversation of he's overperforming his XG. He's blah 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 blah. But maybe this is just who he is. Maybe he just he just has an ability to score like these crazy goals that XG merchants don't like him for that. But it's like if you look at the <laughs> eye <me>. test, he <laughs> scores. Yeah, no, you are Luke. You for sure are. I am. But Almiron just scores these goals that, and he the the thing about I really love about Almiron is that he always makes runs. Like he's always he, he's always he looking runs, to be forward thinking. He's always pressing. Yeah. Getting on the ball and defenders have it at their feet. He he's if he's in form, he makes Newcastle better. Yeah, I agree. Right? I, I think you, the right you, wing should be his spot. For him, you need goal contributions in order for, to justify him being in be starting. But his price point too. Right. Exactly. And that's what I was getting to. His price is currently six point three million. He is selected by five point eight percent of FPL managers at the moment. And He's coming off of two great game weeks in a row. So game week six, he had eight points. Game week seven, he had 10 points, right? Um, and he also got two bonus in that as well. So that's showing that he's being very progressive. You know, he's hitting all those BPS check marks that we want. Mm-hmm. If we look at their upcoming fixtures, they have West Ham. Kind of a difficult fixture there. And that is a way to West Ham, um, I believe. Can you check on that um, um, so they have West Ham and then they play Crystal Palace, Wolves, Arsenal, and Bournemouth. So according to the FDR, three of those five are all green, pretty easy fixtures. Um, and really it's just, it, it's going to be exciting to watch him continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so for everybody out there, that match is going to be at West Ham. So okay. it'll be an away match for Newcastle, yeah, which that's what it is different from St. James Park a little bit, but. I still think this Newcastle team just—they have like they're building such a cohesive core from last year. On top of this, adding new pieces, yeah, that we saw mm-hmm. earlier in the year, they struggled because they had really tough matchups. They had, uh, honestly, it was brutal. I mean, they went Villa, City, Liverpool, Brighton, Brentford. Like those, those are five touch ma- tough matchups. Yeah, they and are. now it's shifting, and we see that like they're building the defensive solidity back. Their midfield is starting to bond with Tonali coming in and like being more comfortable. Right. And the attack is starting to come along too. So like I think Newcastle is gonna be a force to be reckoned with the rest of this Premier League season. They will be. And they got off to a slow start, but they had a very difficult start as well. Yeah. Um, and as it was stated at the time, they had more points going in the game week four than they did pr- the previous season where they finished mm-hmm. in the top four. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on. Newcastle a team that a lot of people are targeting. Anthony Gordon, just to note, will be out this upcoming game week. <laughs> um, he Kyle. picked up his <laughs> fifth yellow. <laughs> um, so he will be sitting out, but he will be back um, after the international break for game week nine. But Yeah, so don't bring him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, up to you, right? Mm-hmm. I think we should wrap the pod yeah. on Paul trying to guess the top five transferred in FPL assets for this week. Top five transferred in. In, yes. And then I will guess transfers out. 
Okay, okay. Top five transferred in. Yes. Um, Pedro Poro. No. God damn it. He's in the top ten. He's in the top ten. Um, let me see. You're not looking oh, at it, are Watkins. you? Watkins. No, I'm not. Watkins, yeah. He's number two. Watkins. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at the matchups right now. I'm not looking at um. Son. Number one. Yes, I'm so good. Son, Madison. Number four. Um, Sanchez from Chelsea. No. Fuck. Who's a bonus points machine? Trippier. It's number five. Um, and then number three on the list, I think you'd have a difficult time guessing this, is Matty Cash from Villa. Oh, well, I yeah. own him, so here, give those price rises. Um, so now I'm going to guess the top five most transferred out players, um, which okay. I think is going to be a bit more difficult. But I think top five, Stupinon's got to be up there with his injury. Um, give me one second. You were getting a phone call. It was. I mother. do think Go that ahead. might. Go ahead. I feel like Stupinon's top five. That's fair. That's true. You want to tell me which one he is? He is number one on the list. Ah, uh, dang. Okay. I got the easy one first. Um, second transferred out. Ooh, maybe Marcus Rashford. That's correct. Okay. Um, Somebody take a little look no, at the list. I promise I did not. Okay. Uh, let's think. Uh, maybe Bruno Fernandez is up there as well because he's highly on. He's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's like top 10, but not top five. Well, perhaps think about somebody that just got hurt. We could look. Um, I'm. It's not ringing a bell. Go wing back. Oh, um, Chilwell. Yes. Okay, Chilwell's He's out. Fourth. Uh, okay. Two more. Tell me the other two. Yeah. Saka and Botman. Uh Botman. I should have got that one. Saka, the transfers out. I, I don't really get them. I don't know. It doesn't make complete well, I mean, sense to me. I mean, Arteta's running him into the ground, so... I did transfer him out last week, so that should be said with a caveat, but I still just... I don't know. I feel like he's going to play Arteta. If he was going to play him crazy. against Bournemouth away when Arsenal could have dominated them without Saka, mm-hmm. he's going to play every match. I think just, he's going to. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, pretty well. wild, man. It's pretty wild. I... As an Arsenal fan, wait, did you know I'm an Arsenal fan? I, I don't know if <laughs> I've mentioned that on the spot. I don't think we've talked about it. But what are we doing? What are we doing playing soccer so much? This, not, this is bothering me. Not being the light. <laughs> That's what you're not doing. Yeah, we're, we're being the dark. <laughs> All right. Well, Luke, I think this has been a good little cursory pod, kind of just throwing some information yeah. at people, some different ideas. Um, we Do you have any closing thoughts? I do. I am going to highlight the top XG performers real fast oh. so that you all have this on your minds before you um, while you make your decisions. So the top five XG performers from the past three game weeks, Erling Holland with 3.94, Isak with 2.65, Callum Wilson with 2.51, Saka with 2.16, and Son with an XG of 2.08. So all of those players, excellent people to target for your FPL teams. Keep them in mind. Son has Luton up next, so maybe he'll work his way into your team if you don't already have him. 
Yeah, those are good um, closing thoughts, Luke. I think um, at the end of the day, remember, like we always talk about, this is a game, everybody. Have fun with it. Play your own game. Enjoy it. But don't let it consume your life or don't let it change your mood because at the end of the day, it's not worth it. We play this for fun, you know. It's we It's do. an enjoyable thing that, honestly, I fall into that category so easily where I get so wrapped up in it and it ruins my day if I have a bad F feel thing. But, like, also, you know, we do this for fun because we enjoy the sport and it adds more. And we have great matchups this weekend, so I want everybody to enjoy their Premier League weekend and drink a pint for me. Yeah. Because I'll drink one for you, too. <laughs> so generous, Paul. You yeah. you were it, truly... It's only because I care. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us for this newest version of Top Ends with Twins. Um, we will get a new podcast back out to you all, um, probably following game week... Eight. S- eight. Yes, eight. So... Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great rest of your day, evening, night, whenever you're listening. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.